in the heart of a champion there is a fire and the flames are controlled by burning desire to be the best you It's not hard to please me. Just do what I ask. <laughs> you got that right. Welcome to the Code of Man podcast, where we are putting an application up on the website we don't have for a new studio engineer for our podcast recordings because our Easy Target has uh, steadily failed today so far. Well, feel free to uh, let the new applicant call the previous guy and get all sorts of pointers on the job. <laughs> anyway. The story behind all that, well, we'll just save that for another time. We're getting our sound system together this morning. It's early at this undisclosed location where we are meeting to record this week's podcast. So that might explain some of the trials. But we're bringing it together now. Right. We're all together. Speaking of we all together, we have three of our podcast crew in the studio today. I, myself... Mike Overtrek Barnett. Yes. <laughs> we also have... Who are you? I'm Corey Easy Target Cantrell. And, of course, today we got our special return guest, none other than Roland Napoleon, Dean Carmichael. Good morning. Thank you. Thank you Where's so that applause? Please, down. Clap down. Down. Please don't do that. Okay, thank you. All right. Appreciate He's so humble. Very humble. Humbleness and humility. Yeah, it's hard to be humble. <laughs> Just kidding. <laughs> but somebody's got to do it. Somebody's got to do it. <laughs> We've got an interesting uh, topic, I think, today, one that should grab your attention and hold it because I think it's a little bit of a challenging topic. The subject of today is, is why is it difficult for men to have other male friends, friendship in a man's life? That's the subject, the topic today. And so we're going to be jumping into that and really just exploring the ideas together here. Let me begin by reading uh, something that I just I just read this this morning, and this is from St. Augustine, it's the Confessions of Augustine, and he was describing here his response and reaction to the loss of a very close friend when he was a young man, and he had moved and relocated, and he found some new friends, and he's just exploring the idea of friendship, true friendships. So it was very timely coming into recording this today. He says, talking about friendship, the, the value of friendship, Still other things were to teach one another something or to learn something from one another, to wish uneasily for the return of one another when absent, and to welcome one another with joy upon a return home. These and similar signs proceeding from the heart of those who mutually love one another through the countenance, through the tongue, through the eyes, and through a thousand agreeable ways were so many fires to forge our souls together and out of many to make but one. I think he was on top of the true meaning of real friendship. The fires, all these things that, that he said we, we did and that we were bringing into one another's life, they were so many fires to forge our souls together and out of many to make but one. Now the subject of friendship is important for us here at the Code of Man because one of our basic principles is that I will keep myself accountable 
to my tribe of brothers. Mm -hmm. Well, you can't do that if you don't have a tribe of brothers. Let's talk about what friendship is. When I bring up the subject of friendship, I think Augustine was, was describing deep friendship, true friendship. So let's, let's just explore that. What is friendship? The picture that comes to most people's mind is, you know, my buddies, the guys that I can just be myself around, which, you know, that, that's the term. I can just cut loose. I can just, I can be real. I can just be relaxed. And when you really break that down and look at it, it's, it's not really friendship as much as it just is, you know, pals and, and, and buddies. And, and there is a big difference, but I think because there's that misconception, it robs a lot of men of true friendship because they look and they say, man, I, I, got, I got 50 friends that I could call up right now and we could all just sit around and watch the ball game together and have a rip-roaring, snooting time. And that'll be, you know, I got lots of friends. I don't, I don't have anything to worry about and they've misidentified friendship, and so they're missing out on it. In our Code of Man library, Mansfield's Book of Manly Men addresses the very thing you just talked about. And he says, what I usually hear from men is that they have simply lost touch with the men who mean the most to them. They find themselves awash in a sea of casual relationships. They do work with other men. They can usually scare up a group of guys to go yell and scream at the sports bar. Yet when I ask them who they would turn to if they were about to have an affair or if their marriage was coming apart, or if they were out of town and needed someone to get their son out of jail, most of them are at a loss to come up with a name. Mm -hmm. The difference between a sea of casual relationships, the 50 guys I can call at any time that are my buddies, and having a real friend that you can depend on in time of need. You often hear that, that old saying, I'm a man of many acquaintances but few friends. Because mm -hmm. there's a difference, right? Having an acquaintance... Uh, the difference between friendship and acquaintance is right. Um, an, an acquaintance, th this is somebody who, again, you're casual around, you may hang out with. It's it's defined as doing guy things, right? You know, watching the game together, so on and so forth. But a real friend, this is someone you can confide in. This is someone that um, not only can you uh, rely on them to have your back, but also rely on them to tell you the truth and make you a better individual and have those hard, very uncomfortable conversations. Yeah, the, you know, Proverbs says that a friend loveth at all times and a brother, which those two are connected in that, mm -hmm. that passage, a brother is born for adversity. And Augustine said that, you know, talking about his true friends, that, that there were fires that were forging their souls together. That is really the description of, of the true deep friendship, and that's what most men are lacking. Now, if you're married, you should have a very deep, soul-sharing, forged friendship with your wife, mm -hmm. and that that is your first relationship. I mean, there's the relationship with the Lord, and Jesus is our friend. He calls us friends if we, you know, we're following him, but then there's the relationship with our wife, but the question is, is that enough? And, and I guess on one hand, yes, it, it would be. I mean, but on the other hand, why do men need other male friends? I mean, what does friendship in that context? We, so we've established the wife, the, our relationship with God, and we're going to draw and learn from those. But what does the other male friendship bring into a man's life that's that's needed? It's like having a, a mentor in a way, a, what we would, our, our modern-day definition of a mentor. For example, Proverbs 27, verse 17 Iron sharpeneth iron, so a man sharpeneth the countenance of his friend. One reason why friendship is so important, 
yes, it's, it's wonderful to have a loving wife and have that relationship, but I also need a, a friend in my life who not only makes me better, but I can make them better, right? Someone that I pick up the phone and, and say, I seek counsel over. Hey, I, I need your help on this. And you have those, those men in the ministry and those old, you know, older men in your life, whoever it may be, who you can call and ask. But it's different when you have someone who is your friend where you can dig deeper. This is somebody you know, you have a personal relationship with. They know you. It's, that's one of the main reasons, I would say, is, is definitely that, that mentorship, guiding along, making you better. Let's be honest. I'm working on my 10th year of marriage right now, and it didn't take me very long to figure out that my wife's brain works completely different than mine. She sees situations and she sees circumstances that we're going through, and it doesn't compute the same way that it does for me. I need strong, deep friendships with other men who are going to look at a same situation through similar lenses, and that even if maybe I'm doing something and they need to call me on check with it, they're at least processing the information the same way so that they're able to relate a little bit more. They're able to understand. Um, they're able to do, like you said, sharpen that iron, to, to bring some correction, bring some things like that. But it's, it's coming from a, it's coming from a, a different position than, than just my wife. You know, my wife is a, is a great supporter I mean, as, as much as she can, but there's, there's still so much of a, of a difference in, I think men don't realize just how much they need that that deep connection with other men. Doing a little word study on on the word friend or friends, if we go back to the Greek and kind of from a scriptural standpoint, the word philoi, which is the plural friends, in the ancient Greek culture, this this had the meaning of it, it was ne- it was really rooted in reciprocity. But basically, it was saying that. We are contributing to one another. The iron sharpeneth iron. There's something you're doing for me and something that I am doing for you. And it really spoke of a connection of, of devotion to one another. You know, we've referenced the Spartan warriors before in this podcast and that, that reliance on the brother next to you, on, on both sides of you, to protect your, your flank. And you protected their flank. And so this is where the idea of friendship comes from. To, I think, understand friendship, it's almost like the word fellowship. It's lost a lot of meaning because to truly understand friendship, we have to really enter into the fact that it's connected to trials. It's connected to adversity. A brother is born for adversity. It's connected to the difficulties of life. That's why you can have 50 casual buddies to get together and watch a game. But where is everybody when you need help with your marriage or you need help with your children? That's the difference. There's a big, you know, in theory, I'm just saying, I got 300 friends on Facebook or whatever. Can't call one of them in the middle of the night. Well, you can, but they'll probably be very upset with you and block you and unfriend you. And yeah, probably you. They'll, say, they'll say, who are you? Yeah. They, they won't answer. No, I'd have I'm to text them or what's it, WhatsApp them. I was uh, looking at a sermon that Spurgeon preached from Proverbs 18:24. A man that hath friends must show himself friendly. And there's a friend that sticketh closer than a brother. There's a lot in that statement, a friend that sticketh closer than a brother, someone who is there, someone who you can call in the middle of the night if you need to, someone who you can depend to drop what they're doing and to come to your help. And he opens up this, this message he preached 
by quoting Cicero, who said, Friendship is the only thing in the world concerning the usefulness of which all mankind are agreed. That was preached in the 1800s. I don't know that today we understand the value of friendship the same way. But he goes on to say, Friendship seems as necessary an element of a comfortable existence in this world as fire or water, or even air itself. A man may drag along a miserable existence in proud, solitary dignity, but his life is scarce life. It is nothing but an existence, the tree of life being stripped of the leaves of hope and the fruits of joy. He who would be happy here must have friends, and he who would be happy hereafter must, above all things, find a friend in the world to come, in the person of God, the Father of his people. He is knocking down this image today that a man's okay on his own. You know, Mm -hmm. the lone guy, the man that kind of just kind of walks down through life and handles everything and he doesn't need anybody else. I mean, he's knocking that down, and Scripture knocks that down. Yeah, the lone wolf. The lone right. wolf usually dies. Right. Yeah, it doesn't last long. No. What did Rudyard Kipling say? The strength of the pack is, is the, wolf, the wolf, and the strength of the wolf is the, the pack. pack. Friendship is a necessity. Let's bring another biblical term into this sure. as we're defining friendship. I, I was looking in the Old Testament because there's so much on friendship there. And if we start talking about some of the friendships in Scripture, you know, one of the first ones you think about is David and Jonathan. David and Jonathan. Exodus thirty three eleven. The Lord spake unto Moses face to face as a man speaketh unto his friend. That's a tremendous verse of Scripture. This word that's used there is the most common word in the Hebrew for friend. It is the word rea. The word rea it, it really means someone who you associate. Now this is interesting because. We think of someone I associate with as someone I just kind of, yeah, I know, I hang out. But the association here is deeper. God spake with Moses face to face as a man speaketh unto his friend. That shows some intimacy in the relationship. Again, Augustine said these are the fires that were forging our souls together. It's the same word. This is the word for friend that the Bible speaks of. And so that gives us some sense of, un, of understanding that there is a depth to the relationship. When, when, the, when Scripture talks about friendship, when we talk about what, why a man needs friends in his life, it's someone that he can share his soul with, his heart with, not just a couple of jokes, not just a couple of football games you know, over the season, but really open up his heart and his life and share his soul with. There's a place for that in Scripture. Another thing, too, you're, you're kind of talking about identifying. So going back to marriage just for a minute. So, for example, it's, it's good for, for a man to get married, and it's, it's great, you know, when, when you see someone, they have that, that wedding band on their finger. And I don't know if y'all have ever had this experience before, but I'll introduce my wife to people, and I get, oh, wow, that's your wife? Like, wow, you know, you did really good. That's, that's great. You know, you're married. That's you show, exactly what I thought first time I met you. Right, yeah, that, <laughs> wow, that's your wife, right, really? But, you know, I, I have a very, you know, wonderful wife. She's very successful. She's very smart. That's a good testimony for me, having such a godly wife, someone who's worked so hard to be a teacher, so you're, on and so you're, forth. You're, you're expecting her to listen to this. I really am. <laughs> and did I mention she's a great cook? And she, she does such a great job. Anyway, the point I'm trying to bring home here is it's the same way with a friend. These are people we associate ourselves with. This is, in a way, this is our testimony. Yeah, so that's a good word. If if you have a friend that maybe you've had since you were in sixth grade and they just haven't gone anywhere in life and they're just dragging you down, that's a bad testimony. You have yeah. someone that they're on a completely different road than you're on. Remember, other people see that and they're like, wow, you, you hang out with so-and-so? It's the same way with having a good friend. Think of Timothy. He was around Silas. He was around Paul. He was around Dr. Luke, all these great 
wonderful people. That was a great testimony for him, and that not only made him a better person, but when people saw him, he identified himself with godly men. It's association. I like that. Your association, your testimony. Let me let me throw this question out there. What then makes friendship difficult for men? Why do men have such a hard time establishing friendships with other men? The kind of friendships we're talking about. Building off of what we've already laid thus far into the into the talk, it's got to be vulnerability is one of the things that makes friendship so hard for men because vulnerability is required. You have to make yourself bare. You have to peel back that facade a little bit of, I've got this. I've got everything under control. I don't need anybody's help. Oh, yeah, life is great. If you're going to have a, a true, genuine, deep friendship, you have to invite them in to see the parts of you that are broken. And you have to call out some of those broken parts of yourself to them. Some of my closest friends have come because... They know things about me that no one else knows. And it, and it came from me being honest with myself, me being honest with them and saying, hey, listen, this is where I'm weak. This is what I struggle with. And they responded by confiding in, in me and something in there. And, and that friendship built, and it, and it didn't come, you know, I'm not, I don't have a, a deep friendship with anybody that the very first time I met him, I sat him down, and I was like, oh, hey, nice to meet you. Let me tell you all of my struggles and all of my flaws. You know, it, it, it comes organically over time. It comes by, by spending intentional time. But if you're going to take that friendship from casual acquaintance to deep friendship, you're going to have to have some vulnerability there and allow them to see parts of you that you may even want to keep hidden yourself. I really like the words you use there, especially organically. You can't force friendship. Yeah. I think one of the reasons why men do have problems developing good friendship is the culture we live in. Mm-hmm. That just the number one, the definition of, of a friend, more of a bro. You know, you have this this masculine definition of a friend now, but now my boy, my, my boy, boy Ricky, this, yeah, yeah, right, yeah. Shout out to you, Ricky. So <laughs> it's like, for example. I really lost my train of thought there, but <laughs> my apologies. Yeah, no, no problem. My no pol- problem. My bad, bro. Yeah, my bad, bro. No problem. <laughs> it's all gravy, bro. So, for example, with with women, uh, a, a feminine friendship, there's a lot of emotions, and there's a lot of the the you know pouring out their feelings and and crying and so forth. And let's be honest here, people don't like the overshare, and you you brought them up, right? Yeah. That's uncomfortable. Yeah. When when you have a group of men like for the first time or just hanging out casually, getting to know each other organically, so on and so forth. And you got the one guy who's just overly emotional. I want to tell you about my childhood. Yeah, I'm just going to – they they just start breaking down in front of everyone. They're t- they're airing out all their dirty laundry. That's uncomfortable. <laughs> yeah. And pe- people don't people don't like that. And I know it's not just me because the other people in the room are, you know, we're giving each other those eyeballs. Like, is he going to shut up, right? That's uncomfortable. But you brought out a really good point there is that – organic you can't force friendship and it's a process it happens over time you get to know each other and eventually it works out but one of the reasons people have problems with it is just the the culture that we live in the way that the organic vulnerability the intimacy of friendship comes you both said it, it it starts with time unless you're giving time into the relationship it doesn't happen which means that you've got to be doing things together besides besides just hanging out, although hanging out factors into true friendship, Mm -hmm. 
But where it's forged is in what we've already mentioned, the trials, the adversities, whether it's real problems that are thrown at us or whether it's trials we create for ourselves. Where we just go out and do hard things together that, that produce something, that we share that experience together. Because what all that is doing is building this other word, trust. Yeah, We used to teach this um, when I was a missionary in the, the public schools and even to the, uh, the young you know, juveniles in, that are in prison, the Proverbs of Friendship. And I would always start this out by defining a friend as a person whom one knows well, likes, and trusts. And I would, I would challenge them to think through, how many, how many real friends do you have? And I'd say, now, okay, out of all those friends, how many of them could you say you know them well, you like them, and you trust them? And then the numbers really start going down. Because you have to build all of that. Trust comes out of this vulnerability, this going through things together. So you're talking about modern culture. Modern culture is so confused. Yeah. Gender confusion is huge. And, and I think that makes us uncomfortable. Well, let me, let me read something that this modern culture makes very uncomfortable for you to hear. Are you ready? And it came to pass, when he had made an end of speaking unto Saul, that the soul of Jonathan was knit with the soul of David, and Jonathan loved him as his own soul. Then Jonathan and David made a covenant because he loved him as his own soul. And Jonathan stripped himself of the robe that was upon him and gave it to David and his garments, even to his sword and to his bow and to his girdle. And as soon, this, is, this is later on now. Uh, this is when David has had Jonathan to go find out whether Saul's going to let him come back or not. And as soon as the lad was gone, David arose out of a place toward the south and fell on his face to the ground and bowed himself three times. And they kissed one another and wept one with another until David exceeded. Now, to go back to your point, if the first time Jonathan David met, David comes up and starts bowing to Jonathan and kisses him on the cheeks and, and begins to weep exceedingly, Jonathan probably would have said, you know what, guys, nice to meet you. Got to play. I got to be somewhere, you know? I'll have my people call your people. Yeah. yeah. Don't, <laughs> Don't call, call me. Us. We'll call you. <laughs> yeah. But that's not how it happened, is it? That it happened over time. That first part I read is Jonathan's been observing this uh, this guy David, and he's like, "Wow, there's something about this guy. I'd like to get to know him." And they get to know one another, and they build this relationship over time. So much so, and I don't have it, the passage in front of me, but you'll remember over there. I think it's in Second uh, Samuel after Saul and and Jonathan are killed in battle. That David says that your love, our love for one another, exceeded the love of women. Now, again, that's uncomfortable in this modern culture because we've taken masculinity and confused it so much. Yeah. We're either now, we don't know, are we supposed to be macho men? Are we supposed to be girly men? Are we, what, we don't even know what we're supposed to be anymore. And so we don't know how to be friends with one another. So let me throw this out there. Is it important for a man to have other male friends if he's married? Now, I'm going to answer that question. I posed that to my wife this morning. I said, you know, I said, you know, it, it, as you start thinking about examples in the Scripture, most of the relationships you see where there's this close dynamic of male friendship that they're doing, they're, they're just living life together, serving together, they're, they're tight, they're inseparable, it's guys that aren't married. And you start thinking it, go down the list. And, and initially that was my thought, but as I've pondered on it more, I come up with some other, some other examples. There's a genuine issue here, because where do men stop having other male friends generally? Yeah. mid early mid-20s into their 30s it starts to dissipate 
Why? They've gotten married. They've, they've started working on a career. We're not blaming the wives, by the way, if there's right. any of them that ever decide to listen to us. Uh, <laughs> there's value in that, right? As we've already established, your wife is first. She is the love of your life, your soul. God is, she completes you, you complete her. But we've, we also see the need for other male friendships, and I think this makes it hard. So I was thinking, wow, is it true? I mean, is it just guys that aren't married that can do this? But then think about Moses. Moses is married, and he has some close friends in Joshua and Aaron and her. I thought about David and Jonathan. I'm like, well, David was really tight with Jonathan, but then, you know, he gets married, he starts running the kingdom, he, he doesn't have any friends. But listen to this. I was doing some study on these words, and I come across some passages I didn't think about. David had a friend named Hushai. The Bible says, 1 Chronicles 27, 33, Ahithophel was the king's counselor, and Hushai the archite was the king's companion. And it's that same word, rea, and actually it's a slightly different word. It is the word rea, not rea, but rea, and it means a male, specifically a male friend. So even David as a king, busy running the kingdom, married, even in the middle of all that, David has a friend named Hushai. And then there's another, 1 Kings chapter 4, verse 5. Azariah, the son of Nathan, was over the officers, and Zabad, the son of Nathan, was principal officer and the king's friend. Same word, rea, a male friend. So, I mean, that was encouraging to see that David made sure he kept some close friends in his life throughout his life. It was vital to him. And so I, I say, I'm answering my own question, and you guys can jump in on this. I ask the question, does a man, if he's married, let's just throw in there, if he's busy and got a great work going, does he need other male friends? Yeah. And I say yes. I say absolutely. I, I, yes. 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 All right. It's unanimous. So it, we've established what friendship is. We know we need friends in our life. So let's go to this, this thought now. How can we build solid, true, deep friendships as men, what is it going to take to do this? I'm thinking more along the lines of going back to what we always hear when you know when we're giving advice of a new couple getting married. When I got married, there's that triangle, right? The closer you get to God, the closer you get to one another. And you can use that same example for friendship. And you need to because there comes a time in a man's life that you, you've got to understand that, hey, if, if there's bad people in your life, you you got to move on from that. There's a way to pray for them and still be a good example. But the close friends in your life should be other believers. It should be the first thing, uh, how, how to develop friendship, make sure your heart's right. Make sure that you are a, number one, uh, the Lord is top priority, and you're in your Christian walk where you should be. And that's where I really, when I really got on track where I needed to be, that's where I really start to develop the friendships that I have now um, in, in my life was when I'm already where I should have been with the Lord. I had a great relationship with my wife and so forth. So then having that time when someone's talking, listening to them, not being selfish, all of those things, that's not me. That's the Lord working through my life. That's me maturing already as a husband to my wife, being a better listener, um, thinking of someone else, putting someone else over yourself. That makes you a better person, especially when a friend is concerned. No one wants to be interrupted. That's not a, that's not a way. Spoiler alert. If you're trying to make friends <laughs> and you talk 80% of the time and every time someone else tries to talk, you cut them off, 
you're not going to make a lot of friends that way. Uh, a man that hath friends must show himself friendly. So I would say one of the, the main things is making sure your heart's where it should be with the Lord. You'll like this by a guy I have no idea who he is, Ed Cunningham. Oh, I, I know Ed. Is he kin to Richie? That's <laughs> yes. the question. I think okay. his, his old, one of his older brothers that disappeared. That, oh, okay. Well, anyway, he said, friends are those rare people who ask us how we are and then wait to hear the answer. So that's kind of yeah. what you're talking about. Right? Yeah. So and, uh, and it's not I like, stereotypical. You Sorry. interrupted me. <laughs> I, I really didn't mean to. We, we didn't interrupt. I think we talked at the same time, but it's not that stereotypical <laughs> Hey, how you doing, brother? You know, doing yeah. good. How's your mom and them? Doing great. Good to see you. Love you. And then you, you're gone. Right. It's the actual, hey, how are you doing? I'm willing to stay here for two hours and listen to how you're doing if that's Boy, what it takes. And, you know, just going back to the cultural problem, that's why we struggle with this. I mean, you have nailed a couple of key things. One, we can come back to. Yeah, I know. Look at him. Humble. Stoked up with him. <laughs> Culturally, we don't take time for anything anymore. Everything is so fast-paced today. I'm guilty of this. I recognize it. I mean, it's convicting when you bring that up because I even thought about it, you know, when we come to church. I know people that either they are going through some struggles or they've gone through some struggles, and I'm not sure where they're at with it right now. But I was thinking, I don't take the time really to stop and just check on them and really ask and wait to hear how it's going. And that does take time. And, and, you know, one of the things that um, is a good practice, which I think we've tried to do with our code of man, but we can do better, is to deliberately make those times and appointments where we're going to get together and sit down and talk. Not going to, culturally, that is still one of the problems. It's overcoming the pace of life to where we can take the time to really care and communicate. Kind of staying on that point, have you ever had somebody say, you know, give me a call sometime? You know, let's catch up sometime. And then when you do call them, you realize that they really didn't mean it, right? You know, come on, you know, come over any time. Then you, you get there and you're like, I feel no, that way a lot when I, I, I send you guys out a text and say, hey, let's, let's, go, get, let's go get some lunch. That's, I've never gotten that text. <laughs> Only texts I get are minions giving me kisses. So that's kind of uncomfortable. Just throwing that out there. Well, to clear the air, we do have a code brew coming up tomorrow night yes, in which we we're going to have kickback together. But anyway. It's got to be intentional. You have to be intentional about building your friendships. The the friendships that come up accidentally without an, an intentional purpose of, okay, I'm going to seek out the right friends, you end up gravitating towards those friends like Amnon had, you know, and, and the friends that are there for you and end up leading you down a path that you have no desire going down. Just like we've got to be intentional in our devotional walk with the Lord, we have to be intentional in our ministry and our service for the Lord. All of those things, our friendships are no different. We're going to have to intentionally seek out the right kind of friend. Find some men that we say, you know what, he's got some qualities that I would like to emulate in my own life. I'm going to, I'm going to pursue this. There's a, there's a mutual acquaintance here. I think this friendship could build, okay, I'm going to have to intentionally prioritize this and, and schedule some time for us to get together, for us to to build this, and we're going to have to be purposeful about it. I want to go back to the marriage aspect of it because I think that's a key we need to realize as men. If you're a married man, your friendships should be those that your wife can have a part in. Let me see if I'm saying that right. How am I going to go to my friend for counsel and help if I'm out of town or I'm broke or my wife's broke down and I can't get there if they don't know my friend? If my friend's not a part of my family in some 
capacity right. and way. So, and and I think more to the point of what you brought out was our wives have helped mold us and shape us, and they are good counsel for us on who would be good friends in our life. Now, you know, you describe you and your wife are connected. You and your wife are in that deep forged soul friendship. There's a good place to help you determine who's good friends and and to build that relationship. So I, I think that's was worth highlighting. Be wise in who you choose as your companions, mm-hmm. because you will be affected by the people you hang out with. You will be influenced by them. I was looking Code of Man Library books, Faults for Young Men by J. C. Ryle. He has a section in here in his Counsel to Young Men. He says, for another thing, never make an intimate friend of anyone who is not a friend of God. And uh, I would even throw out there one more Code of Man Library reference. You'll like this one. How about a Bear Grylls reference? Bear Grylls, the guide, survival guide for life, says, picking friends and expedition members who are better than you is a sure way to grow yourself. It elevates us, it inspires us, and together we all get stronger. And you see, Absalom did the opposite of that. Amnon did the opposite of that. Absalom surrounded himself with simple-minded people who would just, they were star-crossed celebrity worshipers who just, whatever you say, Absalom, we follow you. But these men, these code men that we have, that we've referenced, we are saying pick men that challenge you to be better, that inspire you, that elevate you, not that will bring you down, that will draw you closer to God first and foremost, that will enhance your marriage, will make you a better husband, a better father in every way. It's been good to have you fellas in the studio again today as we record this podcast. Uh, friendship is important. We're going to keep exploring this in our own personal lives. We've got a code brew tomorrow. Oh, yeah. For those of you that don't know, a code brew is where the code men get together and uh, we just sit around and we stew and brew over topics of life. We just talk, fellowship, laugh. But we're going to add a little uh, recreation in tomorrow. We're either going to play um, softball, volleyball, dodgeball, or water polo, depending on if it's raining hard and we're still outside. So there you go. No jousting. Oh, yeah, there'll be a lot of jousting going on. The whole time we'll be jousting at one another. All right, great. great. Jousting or jesting? Yes, exactly. (laughs) All right, well, let me just say uh, we'll be back another time (laughs) unless unless everybody just writes in and tells us to stop. Uh, This is Mike Overtrek Barnett saying, Happy trails to you. This is Dr. Dean Roland Napoleon, and you are welcome. And Corey Easy Target Cantrell saying good morning, good afternoon, and good night. In the heart of a champion, there is a fire. And the flames are controlled by burning desire to be the best you can be. So everyone will